Hello again, all you faithful listeners out there. Uh, thanks for listening again to one of my podcasts. Boy, these two weeks have shot by so, so fast. I don't know about you listening out there, but um, before you know it, I'm actually rebroadcasting again as I'm doing right now. And uh, it's just time has just flown, you know. Had a great long weekend, and I hope everyone else enjoyed their long weekend. But um, but a bit of news. I know that uh, I think it was around about one of my episodes seven or something like that. I was talking about the um, swifts and swallows, and I mentioned the fact that the barn swallows were leaving and going back overseas, and and they left a couple of weeks ago. And uh, funny enough, my son sent me a little message uh, a couple of days ago. He says, "Hey, Dad, guess what? He's seen his first barn swallow there. Isn't that?" absolutely amazing it's just incredible you know and uh, to think that uh, it's not just the swallows there's so many other birds also just migrating just moving around the the planet at all times it's just fantastic that they can fly so far and uh, yeah so that's a little bit of news um but i'm gonna i know i've been talking a lot about um endemic birds in the last two podcasts, but I'm going to just swing it around a bit to change it slightly this week. I definitely will come back to them. I can promise you that, especially if, if those of you out there are looking forward to hearing more about the endemic birds, but I want to change it a bit. I want to actually start talking about um, things that I've seen quite a lot recently um, around my garden and in the bush around where I stay. I stay near the Amdoni Forest, which are basically uh, right there by the Amdoni Golf Course. Uh, really, really like a place to stay and go birding, but uh, they are they're extremely beautiful birds. There's 21 different species of sunbirds here in South Africa. I tell you what, I won't be able to fit them all at the moment, but I'm going to start with a few of the most commonest, communist, that's a strange word, eh? Communist, the most common of these birds, um, these sunbirds. Uh, so I'll have a little chat about them. They, uh, These sunbirds have a preference for feeding on nectar. The wonderful thing about these birds feeding on nectar is that uh, they um, have this reciprocal type of uh, relationship uh, whereby the birds are feeding on the on the flowers through the nectar and uh, with all that beautiful wonderful nectar that they're sucking up and then uh, their bodies like the chest, the head, the throats, they're busy collecting pollen which generally sticks to them and of course um, that great function is definitely required by all the flowers. Pollination is being fulfilled. So um, this life is actually amazing, This that these things can carry on all the time. You know, the bees and the birds, birds and the bees, we're back to that again. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> these birds um, are sort of carrying them through from, from plant to plant. It's, it's, a, it's incredible, man. Um, the sugar birds, which are very similar, they also do the same. They also um, feed mainly on nectar, uh, but I'll cover the sugar birds a little bit later. But they are truly adapted for this because the sunbirds, as well as the sugar birds, have long, curved, you know, very fairly thinnish bills, which probe deep into the flowers for the nectar. Um, and they have very long tongues. Uh, they've got little grooves in them or little hollows. And uh, these long tongues allows them to reach actually far beyond the end of the edge of their bill tips. So then they can gather their nectar, especially f from these very long curved flowers. As I said before, they've got really deeply grooved or maybe tubular sometimes. Uh, 
groove little spots and I mean <laughs> rows in their tongue uh, which allows them to draw up this nectar and at the end of their tongue they have a special little lock, brush lock tip um, on the end of their tongues very unique um, some of the birds in fact some of the sunbirds uh, which is um, quite fascinating they have a little flap that sort of covers their nostril which actually stops the pollen from being uh, breathed in how about that some of the sunbirds aren't big as the others and the bills are not as long uh, they can still hit the the smaller flowers but um, some of them that can't reach uh, sort of a nectar if the nectar is really strong and certain plant they can't actually reach it they actually puncture the base of the flower uh, with their bills so they can reach this wonderful food um, but <laughs> the name that uh, a lot of the birders use is, uh, for this particular behavior is nectar robbing as you can imagine the poor plants gain nothing from this at all but uh, luckily it's not a a norm you know it doesn't happen most of the time as they would sort of normally suck the um, their lovely lovely gorgeous nectar up through their bills um, the nectar is actually their staple diet but um, it's very low in protein so these birds will actually supplement with a few little insects now and again you know a little side dish <laughs> dish on the side um, they've also got a ability um, all sunbirds to actually hover and uh, not for very long but they can hover so some of the plants that are ho hard to stand on or reach you'll see them every now and again hovering at certain flowers while they are getting their, their uh, nectar well that's all very interesting and the thing that you'll notice when I talk about the next few birds that everyone's female that actually make the nest so I'm going to talk about uh, a few of these sunbirds now and uh, the first one is the um, amethyst sunbird. Yeah, this amethyst sunbird, uh, the old name was a black sunbird. Um, what I haven't said that most of the sunbirds, um, for that matter, most birds really, uh, the coloring of the males are so, so different to the females where the males have these most beautiful colors. And a lot of the females have this drab gray or brownish colors with a couple of stripes, etc. except a couple of the smaller ones. But, um, in most of the species, uh, you'll find the males are really gorgeous and the females are just basically there. Uh, but they do a lot of hard work, <laughs> as we'll discuss just now. Uh, the male of the of this um, amethyst sunbird uh, is quite black. He's, he's black all over and he's got this lovely uh, metallic green forecrown. You'll see it as he moves around. Sometimes you don't see it from a distance, but when he moves, and the sun uh, catches that. And he's got a little reddish purple under its throat. But only on his throat, not on his chest. So people don't get confused between that and the next one that I'm going to talk about, which is the scarlet sunbird, scarlet-breasted sunbird. Uh, but you need to check up on these birds yourselves because um, to actually see them in pictures. So go to one of the many bird guides that I actually uh, chat about and, and see how beautiful these birds really are. Uh, you'll find these um, amethyst sunbirds in, in, in most gardens, woodland areas, but uh, only from... Cape Town uh, on the sort of eastern coast of South Africa from about Cape Town right through right through the Natal coast through Swaziland and up through Limpopo and as I've said the ladies build a nest every time uh, it's almost an oval shaped nest this one and often made with grass and leaves um, but uh, normally when the male shows off with the missus he actually uh, this particular bird he flutters from branch to branch and he drops uh, one of his wings and he 
drops another wing and then he actually uh, drops both of his wings and uh, it's quite fun to watch them when they're actually doing their little courtship move around the ladies um, but I think it was just the last time I spoke or the week before or the time before I spoke about uh, paratized birds um, and um, quite a few of these are paratized there uh, this specific one is um, paratized by the classes cuckoo and also the green-backed um, honeybird occasionally. Yeah, my next sunbird I'm going to talk about is the scarlet chested. I just mentioned it just now. Um, so that's going to be my next choice, mainly because they actually look alike and I just wanted to make sure that you don't get mixed up between that and, uh, and, and, and the one I've just spoken about, the amethyst sunbird. Uh, they're about the same size. They're about uh, 14 centimeters um, in length. And um, the scarlet chested, as the name implies, has this beautiful, beautiful scarlet chest. Um, and um, you can't miss it, really. And in the upper throat area, there's this um, iridescent green on its crown and, and, and chin. Um, the male is actually larger than the female, who's like a drab, grey appearance. Uh, but she has a very mottled, um, like marks or stripes down her chest which sets her aside from the female of the amethyst sunbird. So if you do see the two together, and um, then you'll know that uh, that is, in fact, the female scarlet chested sunbird. Um, they have quite a nice type of whistle. I think I'm going to give it a try. Right, it goes something like this. Um, sometimes with a little at the end there, and they sort of call around and you actually hear them. But it'll be much better, I think, if you go and l listen to yourself. But uh, um, that's exactly what they they sound. But they, they, they're not really in the same area. In, in some cases, they overlap, but uh, they'll only be found um, along the north coast of KwaZulu. Um, Natal, that's from, from Durban, through Swaziland and up through the Kruger. And, of course, their nests are also built by the females. They're almost like a pear-shaped oval nest, which... Uh, it's normally firmly attached to a branch near the top of uh, most trees. But there you go, that's the uh, scarlet chested sunbird and uh, the amethyst that I've actually just spoken about. But they're both really, really beautiful birds to see. As I said, from a distance they do look the same, uh, but you, when you get closer you'll see there definitely is a, a big difference between the two. Well, the other one I'm going to change a bit is a, is a smaller one, it's called a collared sunbird which is a lot smaller than the uh, than, than the other two that I've just spoken about, uh, where the amethyst is about 14 centimeters. This little collard is only about 10 centimeters in length. Uh, they're very easy to identify because they're the only sunbirds in South Africa. I'm talking about South Africa, not like northern up, um, like the Sahara top area uh, along that Mozambique area uh, where they have uh, one that's fairly similar. Um, but um, it's... Uh, it's all yellow underneath, and uh, you'll see it's all yellow underneath, a bit of green under the chin, and over the back it's also got a beautiful green uh, head and, and, and back, and it has a very thin purplish-bluish type of band around its neck. And the female is uh, very similar. It's, it's not so drab. It's also got this uh, lovely yellow and uh, with green coming from the top of her head right through to the back. Um, but it too has a yellow belly, but it lacks that bluish-purple neckband that, um, that I spoke about uh, and they normally hang around in pairs you'll see them flitting around from tree to tree looking for the nectar 
it can also be found of the uh, from the east coast of um, of um, South Africa, but from about Nasna, going up all the way through to Mozambique, up through Swaziland and through the Kruger, and that's basically where you'll find them. But as I said, just go to one of the um, bird books that I mentioned and 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 have a look for yourself. The nests are also boring, built by the female, and uh, you know, watch the female when the female tries to build this uh, nest. The male follows her and harasses her all around. She builds this beautiful, like oval-shaped nest as well. Um, they've got a very easy call to identify, but I'm not going to try and do that one. Go and then just listen to it, as I've said before. Um, but the one thing that I do like about these, uh, well about these uh, collared sunbirds is when the female builds its nest it normally does it near um, a wasp's nest so to gain a bit of protection from the monkeys so these ladies are not too stupid eh? that's for sure right i'm going to move on to the next one which is a uh, a lot more south and in the free state um, it's the malachite sunbird it's the only sunbird um, in south africa that has a long thin tail there's one further north it's called the Bronzy Sunbird, but it's in a very small little area. It's up, up out of South Africa, but uh, it won't be found here in South Africa. These things are about 25 centimeter long. They have this beautiful long thin tail. Can't miss them when they're flying around, calling, flying around from tree to tree. Um, so, as I said, with the length of the whole bird, including a thin tail, is 25 centimeters long, and um, it actually changes colors uh, during mating season. It gets this beautiful metallic green color. All over, but uh, non-breeding when it's when it stopped breeding, it starts um, changing a bit back to the like a brownish back, with like a whitish chest and, and belly, and um, when the male and female get together, they only kind of like get together um, and and stay together through the whole breeding cycle, and yes, built by the female only, which is also an oval type nest uh, with a bit of a side entrance and. Uh, it's also firmly attached to the branch, but you know it doesn't hang. Uh, they also parrotize, but uh, by three of the birds, mostly the classes, Diedrich and the red-chested cuckoo. Well, these um, malachite um, birds, these beautiful green birds, when they uh, can be found in, around most of the coastal areas in South Africa, you know, up, up the west coast of uh, of uh, the Cape, right around up towards the Natal coast. Um, Moving up through the Free State, towards the Limpopo area, and um, and I think I've said this before. You know, the other thing you can do is you, you know you can get a and these a lot of these bird guides, um, the field bird guides come in form on an app on your phone, and uh, it's great because you can actually get it to it any time. You don't have to go and find a book, and of course it'll have the bird sounds with it, so it makes it a lot easier for you when you go birding to listen to the sounds before. prior to you going, you know, like I said, you know, you look in the book, find out what's in the area, listen to the sounds of the bird and get yourself tuned into those sounds. So when you walk into the forest or you walk somewhere, you, you kind of got those sounds already in the back of your um, of your head, especially when we start talking about some of the cysticulars, which are beautiful sounding birds, but they all look very much the same. But you can tell them from, you know, when they're flitting around and they're doing their, their little acts, but their singing is just tremendous, and you, they, every single one is different, so it's it's quite easy. But um, next time I will talk about a few more of the sunbirds. But please, 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 
uh, get a hold of me on Facebook or Instagram, um, even on Chatsapphire, I think, but mostly on Facebook or Instagram. Get a hold of me and, and, and ask any questions. I'll read it up there. I'll gladly try and help and even talk about some of the subjects that you might want to hear um, as far as uh, the birding goes. But thanks for your time and hopefully you haven't switched off yet. But uh, <laughs> but until next time, from Big L, cheers.